0: All right, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, we've looked at two accounts already. Uh, actually, we've looked at three. We looked at Pentecost, Acts chapter two. We looked at Acts chapter eight, Philip's revival. Uh, you remember they they sent two disciples after Philip's revival to see if they had received the Holy Spirit, and then Acts chapter nine, which was Paul's conversion. Um, The light came, blinded him, he received Christ there, and then later went to Ananias, where Ananias laid hands on him and he received the Holy Spirit. So, um, let's see. Separate times. Let's go to Acts chapter 10, um, verse 44. Now this one's a really neat one. This one's Peter's, Peter's preaching here. Um, and he is preaching, man, just an incredible sermon to the household of Cornelius, telling them about Jesus. And he, when he reaches the point in his sermon where he proclaims the forgiveness of sins for all who believes in Jesus, and the heart of the gospel—that is, Jesus Christ died to save sinners—the people in Cornelius's home, it says that they believed the message of salvation. At that moment, they believed. Now, we have seen that when you believe, belief is the key to salvation. Believing, receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it was saying here as Paul was preaching that the people in this household believed. And immediately stuff started to happen. Right there as he's preaching. Everyone who believes Peter's words is immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. I like that one. I like the the ones where I I don't have to think too much. Um, So many times when it comes to the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the manifestations of the Spirit, our brain wants to get in the way. We want to we try to outthink God. God, we know what's best for us better than you know what's best for us. And so many times we get a block. Well, I like those times, and I've had a few times in my life where God just overwhelmed me and just moved in my heart. There's been other times where I've just had to fight and fight and fight with God and realize God's God, I'm not. Um, but here, Peter is preaching... And I pray for this. I, I think this is what every pastor would want to see, is that as he's bringing the Word, the Holy Spirit just falls. Um, I don't know if you guys were in here Sunday morning, but um, during worship, I feel like there was a moment when the Holy Spirit just fell, and one reacted. I don't mean we all didn't react. It was, I believe we were in one accord. We were together, we were singing with one voice, singing the word of God, singing praises to the Lord, giving our hearts to Him, really giving ourselves, and what happened was a manifestation. And this, uh, this lady stood up and just started praising God audibly. Everybody had gotten quiet, and here she goes, and she is the sweetest, quietest lady, completely out of character. But a manifestation of the Spirit is evidence of what? Of the Spirit. It was evidence of the Spirit. Are you okay? I don't have a water. We don't need to miss that. When tongues come, when prophecy comes, it is evidence of the Holy Spirit. Right? I feel like I, y'all aren't getting me. I'm like, thank you, Miss Debbie. <laughs> but could we ever react in a way of when that happens to say this? It's not just a great word that we all want to jump up and down and shout and hoop and holler. No, the Holy Spirit is moving. Everybody, pay attention. Important, the King is moving in this place. The, the role of the Holy Spirit is to say what the Father is saying. It's so that we can hear the voice of the Father through the Spirit, through us. We give a manifestation of the Spirit so that the Father can be heard. So when the, a manifestation of the Spirit happens, we should react accordingly. Listen, what's being said. Unfortunately, there are so many times up here when I'm um, in worship, and a word will come, and I don't hear it real well. We try as a worship team to stop playing, to really get quiet, but sometimes it's hard to hear. And church, it's the most important thing we could hear that morning is what is God saying. Now, what's the preacher saying? Not what are they singing? What's God saying? So here's Peter preaching, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls. Um. Let's just read it. I'm almost, how much, where's my Bible? Hey, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to kill you back there, Coy. Let's go real quick to Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 48. Acts chapter 10, Zach, where are you? You guys have moved my stuff around and my Bible's missing. Here it is. It's always somebody else's fault. No, it's Zach's fault. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. I, I like this. It just says, then Peter opened his mouth. <laughs> just, he just opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation who fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Now remember, this is Peter preaching. Not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that, through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. When Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few days. Now, a couple things happened here. Um, we just saw there were tongues present. Of the four out of the five accounts that we see, the baptism and the Holy Spirit, after conversion, tongues are present. We just saw it here. But what happened, they were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they weren't even baptized yet. Now, that will really mess some people's theology up. That'll mess some people up. Especially Baptists. They hadn't even, they received the Holy Spirit before they got water baptized. Now, I don't, I don't believe, I believe they received Christ before they were spirit, spirit filled, but they still hadn't been water baptized. But what did Peter do? He fixed it. He baptized them. I, I kind of like God, how he'll just kind of shake up our uh, systematic. We, we really, and I am the worst. I am a systematic type of person. It will only work this way. And God says, nope. Nope. You know that man hanging on the tree next to my son Jesus? He wasn't baptized, and he was saved. Yeah, don't get hung up. Don't get hung up on religion. You know what? Pursue God with everything that you have. He'll straighten out the kinks. If you miss a bump, he'll help you come back and get it. If you miss a curve, if you miss a turn, he'll help you. Or he'll, he'll, not, he'll say, don't worry about that turn. We'll get to it down here. It's okay. Yeah, your you're, you're, you're church, you're brought up to do it this way, but it's okay. There is more than one way to skin a cat. There is more than one way. You do not have to go through a prayer line to be saved. You don't have to go through a prayer line to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You just need the Lord. He'll do it. But we have a part to play. All right. Last one, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Yeah, this is my last one. And I think this is my favorite one. Like them all, but I really like this one. This one messes everybody up. Okay, y'all ready? All right. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So here's Paul coming to do a little bit of, he's, he's kind of going back to double check what happened here, and did we cover every base? Paul's saying, okay, I found some disciples, found some that have received Christ. Did you receive the Spirit when you um, received Christ? I want to ask you that same question. When you got saved, did you receive the filling of the Holy Spirit? That's what Paul's asking right here. So I'm Paul. I'm not the Apostle Paul. I'm Pastor Paul. But I'm coming to you to say, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you would say yes, then I want to ask you now, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? In accordance to God's Word, with these these five accounts that we're seeing where the Holy Spirit fills the believer... Now, we've all already talked about you have to have a measure of the Holy Spirit when you're saved in order to even confess that Jesus is Lord. We're not talking about that measure. We're talking about this second measure of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? We on the same page? couple of you. All right. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, I love this. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So, now this this certainly happens in the Baptist circles. When you were saved, when you came and gave your heart to Christ, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Their response is, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Didn't even know there was another thing. I will tell you that in my walk with the Lord, there was a time when I didn't know there was another thing. I was was uh, born again at five. Now, I did grow up in a spirit-filled home. My claim to fame is my mom received the Holy Spirit because of me. Just, we're just going to leave it right there. Um, and I wasn't an accident. <laughs> I've had a lot to overcome in my life. My mom had to get the Holy Spirit because of me, and I and it wasn't an accident. Didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And you may say, Pastor, that's me. I was raised didn't, not hearing anything about being filled with the Spirit. Great. You and a whole lot of other people. I was saved at five. I was Spirit-filled at 17. And my mom was Spirit-filled my whole life. I knew about it. I just didn't do it. it took me, when I got 17, I kind of think I had to get to be a kind of an adult. I really wasn't an adult at 17. But I had to make my own choice. It was like losing weight. I had to make my own choice to lose weight. I couldn't do it on somebody else's coattails. I had to do it myself. You know, whatever hell you're in, you can't get out of it on somebody else's coattails. God's given you the grace and the mercy and the courage and the strength to get out of it yourself. I've tried to ride other people's coattails. It doesn't work. receiving the Holy Spirit. Didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, then what happened? What were you baptized? They said into John's baptism, which is water baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So I believe this is one of the clearest um, accounts that this is a separate experience. Now if you've been coming the last two or three weeks, you're, you're already filled with the Holy Spirit. If you believed what, we, what we've done, we've asked for the filling of the Holy Spirit every night. And I continue to ask every day, fill me again, I need more, I need His Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you've been saved? Separate experiences. Conversion or salvation is the experience of Christ Jesus by which a non-Christian becomes a Christian. While the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that experience for the Christian to make him a powerful Christian. Let's go back as I close. I've got two more scriptures and then we're going to be done. We're going to pray. Do you remember that Jesus was about to leave? This is where I started this whole kind of mini-series within the perfect fit. That he said, you've received my word. You have followed me. You've seen how I've done ministry. Now I want you to go to the upper room and wait. I am leaving, but I am going to send the promise. I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. He says, I'm going to send another. I know I say, I sound like a broken record. You go to the Greek and look up another. It is one just like the same. I'm sending. Jesus is a man. Jesus can't be everywhere all the time. So he sent the Holy Spirit to be everywhere all the time. Jesus goes back, the 120 go up to the upper room, and we know what happened at Pentecost. But he said, I want you to go to the upper room and wait until I send the promise of the Father so that you will be clothed with power from on high. We get saved, and then we get clothed. We get born again, and then Daddy clothes us. So what's the purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to give you power. You've received Christ, you've become a Christian. Now you need the power you need the, you need the Holy Spirit power source. Amen? If, if I'm confusing, you go back and listen to the last two podcasts on this series. Ephesians chapter five verse 17. Don't be foolish, but understand that. Understand what the Lord's will is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Anyone here ever desire to know the will of God? Okay, here's part of it. This isn't all of it, but this is part of it. Can you all find it for me? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Are we having pro-presenter issues back there, fellas? All right, now that you got that one up, let's go to Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. All right. So I say to you, everybody say this word, ask. Say ask. Say it again. Yeah, ask and it will be given to you. Everybody say, seek. And you will find. That, that's what she did with uh, statistics. She asked. She seeked. And uh, you, you know part of, when you're, when you're needing wisdom, number one, we ask for wisdom when we respect. Did I mess up? <laughs> Saw it. Seeked. <laughs> How about y'all come up here, and we'll just look for every little mistake y'all ever make. Seeked. Seeked. Saw it. Whatever. You get it. She seeked. She saw it. Help. When we ask for wisdom, it says in James that when we ask, expect to receive it. So we're going to have expectation to receive it, but we don't leave it there. We seek. And she sought help from people smarter than her, people with wisdom. When we need help, we need to go find people that have been through what we are going through. And and they've come out on the right side, not someone who's come out on the wrong side. You don't need that kind of advice. And let me tell you, people want to give advice And you don't need to hear all advice. And not the internet. The internet's true. No, it normally isn't. If it's on the internet, it's true. Whatever. But she sought out help. And then what does it say? Knock, and it will be open to you. You have to knock. For everyone who asks... Receives, And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, would he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, would he offer him a scorpion? If you, then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is not rocket science. None of God's gifts require us to be rocket scientists. He has equipped us. You know how He's equipped us? He's equipped us with a measure of the Holy Spirit so that we have the ability to react correctly. So for me to ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit, He's given me that ability. He has given you the ability to ask for the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to think too much about it. Knowing how good God is and how, how not good we are, that doesn't mean we're bad, but compared to God, there's no comparison. Knowing how we are And how we know how to do good for our children. How much more will God do for us when we ask Him? So what are you afraid of? I want to tell you again that when it comes to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you are going to still have control of your body. When I pray in tongues, I start and stop when I choose. I do not get overtaken and have a fit. If I throw a fit, it's by my own choosing. There's nothing like a person, an adult, throwing a fit. But we choose. Your children throwing fits, they are choosing to throw a fit. But when I pray in tongues, it's because I choose to pray in tongues. The Spirit gives me utterance, but I start and I stop. I, again, am not in the Walmart line and have a Holy Spirit tongues fit. Well, I could. I could choose, but the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God's given us a free will. He's given us the choice. What a great father he is that I get to choose. Sometimes I wish I didn't. There are so many, my life would have been so much easier if I hadn't had that ability to choose. But I have. And I've made more bad choices than I've made good choices. But aren't we trying? Man, we're trying. And God says, that's all I need. I just need this much of a try. This much faith. That's all I need. You know, Elizabeth just needed this much to overcome statistics. And a little bit of endurance and perseverance. Don't quit. If you quit, God's not going to drag you over the finish line. But he will start back with you right when you decide to start back. We're so close, but I will be with you. He says, I am with you until the end. But even short of the finish line, he's with us, but he needs us to get up and cross it.